Welcome to the Neil World Order Podcast, National Day of Awesomeness Weekend uh, Edition. Tomorrow is my birthday, so I coined it years ago as the National Day of Awesomeness because, well, I'm awesome. And, um, yeah, so to do an early celebration, me and Kai went out tonight. Uh, we had a nice dinner uh, at a local place that I, we both love. It was cool because it was totally packed in there, so it's nice to see local places doing really well. And then we went and saw Venom, Let There Be Carnage, which was, um, it was really good. Not really long, though. It's like a hour and 38 minutes, which if you're used to seeing, like, the Marvel movies, it seems like most of those are, like, three-plus hours, but it was really good. Uh, I liked it. I think Venom's a cool character. It was, like, the loudest movie I've ever sat through, and it's not the movie. It's the theater. Um, but, oh, my God, it was so loud. Like, my ears were ringing when we left. But uh, stay for the credits. It's really awesome to see where this story with Venom and everything else is headed. It's going where we wanted it to go. So that's really cool to look forward to. Uh, so we were eating uh, downtown. Downtown uh, where I live. It's not like a downtown. But um, it reminded me of things... Uh, in the Midwest, they do Midwest things like they for October they have a uh, scarecrow contest, and it's they what you do is I know people sponsor them. They're on the decorative street lights, like in the downtown. It's not a square, but it's just like a three block thing. Uh, anyway, so you get your typical scarecrows. You know, there's always like a headless horseman, a funny one, um, usually some kind of Disney princess, a packer, brewer, badger, whatever. Um, Honestly, like most of the time, they're always just pretty cliche and kind of silly. Every now and then you get a cre uh, a real creative one. So this year, the owner of a local jewelry store, uh, Beals Jewelry, won the contest, which it's done by like a popular vote. You know, each one of them has a number on it. People just vote on it. I don't even know if you get anything. I think they just, you know, it's all for fun. <laughs> the scarecrow was titled Trader Joe. And features a Joe Biden scarecrow sitting next to a pile of munitions and toy firearms in a crate labeled Taliban. Um, I, I posted the picture, I think, in the news article a few days ago on our Facebook page. Um, I mean, it was factually accurate and kind of genius, if you think about it. But uh, apparently this upset a few people, which obviously they weren't the majority because this... Uh, Scarecrow this year won by an overwhelming amount um, You know, so some liberals were offended by this You know, if they don't like something, they have to make noise about it Because that's just what idiot, idiot liberals do um, So, I observed and casually participated In a forum on a local Facebook page where our town And I'm not lying to you, some guy cried about this all day about how it wasn't right from like 9 a.m to like 9 p.m and you know the, i don't know whoever runs the page would delete them all then somebody would post again and um you know some people were saying it was a family activity which i've never seen any mention of it anywhere but but here, here's my issue one it's a silly scarecrow contest 
And you know damn well if there'd been a Trump scarecrow, all orange, made out of pumpkins, which I actually think there was last year, and I thought it was creative then, um, or something that the libs would have no, like, I don't know, maybe if they just had a lady, like, killing unborn children, they would have thought that was funny, or, you know, speaking right, um, but whatever, funny is funny, like, I firmly believe in humor, nothing is really sacred, everything is on the table, you know, but perhaps my humor tends to lend itself to the dark side a bit, but I've always considered myself as someone who's well-versed in humor, you know, and I feel like more and more people are, you know, trying to say you can't make fun of this, you can't make fun of that, they're making all the noise about Dave Chappelle right now, um, in his latest Netflix stand-up thing, The Closer, which you may want to watch before it's gone, it's great, like, I don't agree with everything Dave Chappelle says, you know, he can be a little liberal, but, uh, some of his stuff is genius, and he was talking about, um, feminism, and, you know, I think it was, like, the LGBTQ, double XYZ, uh, Niner community is upset with some of the jokes he made regarding gays, uh, trannies, um, and all the people on their spectrum of whatever, and, and honestly, they, if they'd have looked at the context, I think he was actually agreeing with them more than he was making fun of them. He was pointing, I think he was pointing out a lot of hypocrisy and irony in the things people say and do and how they say one thing and what their actions do. And maybe because there was such a brilliance to what he said, it just flew over a lot of people's heads. You know, and we talk about this all the time, but like, honestly, where does the need to tell people you're offended by something come from? Like, I mean, I come on here and just tell you whatever. Like, I, I appreciate I appreciate all you guys, all my listeners. But I promise you, if I say something that offends you and you reach out and tell me, I'm probably not going to care. Honestly, I'll probably laugh at you and call you out on, on the next podcast if we're being real. But going on these, like, virtue signal rants about things you feel the need to stop. Like, I think broccoli is disgusting. I think cauliflower is disgusting. You can still eat it. Like, it doesn't offend me. I'm cool. Like, I don't have to like it. But if you like it, that's cool. You know, go ahead. I think my wife cooks it. It makes it smell like the dogs pooped in the house. But I don't tell her she can't cook it. Like, live and let, you know, it it doesn't affect you. Let it be. Like, even as a, like, Dave Chappelle makes jokes making fun of white people. It's funny. Like, some of the stuff he says, it's hilarious. And there's a... You know, that's part of satire and comedy and all And, you know, people just sometimes need to just shut up and, and go on with your life. Like, you know, and then they'll, the same people, they'll piss and moan about the divide in this country. And I honestly don't care about the divide. I don't. I mean, would we be better if we all got, but, but it's not going to happen. You know, families, think about it. You don't get along with everyone in your family. Now you're talking about 327 million people or maybe a majority of them all getting along and sharing similar opinions and wanting to agree to go eat at the same restaurant. Yeah, it's not going to happen. We're all never going to like each other. Like, that that's just how it is. So be it. You know, maybe in time we'll learn to coexist better, but honestly, half the population in this country are liberal idiots, and they're going crazy about everything that hurts their fucking feelings. Like, you know, and it's, I don't know, it, it, it becomes a lot sometimes, you know, and you just like, it's one of those things where I, like, I see people doing it. And I just, I, I just want to like, 
choke them, you know, and be like, shut the fuck up. You know, and I think a lot of that, sometimes the stuff that divides us is just a big distraction. And I mean, distractions are a huge thing nowadays, you know, from Dog the Bounty Hunter looking for some guy to uh, a random shooting here and there. Um, just, hey, look over here. Um, you know, maybe in amidst all these distractions, do you guys see the story about uh, Attorney General and failed Supreme Court Justice Merrick Garland ordering the FBI and the Department of Justice? This is for real. To look at parents confronting school boards across the country as a threat or as domestic terrorists. I did not just misspeak. So, the confrontations which have, you know, we've all seen them on social media, like the videos or whatever. You know, they're over mask mandates, vaccine mandates, CRT, um, or whatever indoctrination the public school system is selling in whatever town. You know... Like, think about it like this. BLM and the rioters the summer of, was it 2020 or 2019 or whatever, were not labeled terrorists by the feds. And Trump was president then. You know, the big racist guy who only cared about white people and was cool with the Klan and the Proud Boys and everything else like that. You know, he was just, you know, he was a huge racist. But he didn't label any of these people as terrorists or use the full Department of Justice to go after him. But now the Biden administration wants to go after parents looking out for the well-being of their own children. And it's crazy because, you know, it always comes back to this, that the anti-fascists put the mask of fascism on all the while pretending they're not fascists. It's, you know, and I don't know if that just comes down to stupidity and not understanding the meaning of words. So when they say they're something or they're not something, maybe they just genuinely in their heart of hearts don't know what it is they're saying they are or what they aren't. And, and that could be true because stupid people exist. I mean, we all know that. Look around. There'll be someone walking down your street outside with a mask on. That's a stupid person. Or somebody who, you know, takes a vaccine. That's technically not a vaccine because it didn't do anything. But, you know, and you got to get 97 boosters to it. And it's never a living thing has never survived more than five years with it. But I digress. So, before you come at me with, uh, the, you know, based on this story, that there's only cases of, they're only going to do in cases of extreme threats against school administrators. So, they felt the need to use the arm of the Department of Justice to look at less than 1% of the issues that exist in this category. I mean, this is an intimidation tactic by the government designed to wield a sword and impose the will of the leftist agenda. And it's crazy to think, as Americans, we're going to allow them to use the Department of Justice of this country simply to stop people from speaking for their children and wanting to have a say in their children's education and mental well-being. That's absurd. It's completely absurd. And, you know, even in conversations with local politicians, the school boards are just the whole, the money and education and the higher-ups, they wield a lot of power and it's disgusting because it would be cool if they actually did it to make sure most of the kids walking around aren't stupid and knuckle draggers but they fail at that but they want us you know to hang they, they make sure there's plenty of rainbow flags that they can you know recite every pride month objective or whatever but you know math and science and eh, we don't need that but it's just like and, and I feel like 
more and more that the left paints itself as an enemy to the people of this country. You know, and their stupidity, their ignorance, it's dangerous. And we have not, we haven't seen consistent methodology like this used since we defeated the Nazis in World War II. And yet, yeah, I went there. Because it's, it's, it's the same playbook, it's just a different team using it. I, I, those are my takes on it. You know, if you think about it, everything uh, we as conservatives talked about over a year ago, about where things were probably going to go with this whole COVID thing, have kind of become truth. You know, things you guys said, some people said, were, oh, those are conspiracy theories, you're tin hat people, you blah, blah, blah. Like, it's, you know, Thursday, this past Thursday, the White House and the Biden administration owned using a fake stage and set to replicate the White House for Biden's, you know, televised booster vax or whatever they filmed. Okay, so how do we even know he really got a booster? Like, you created a fake White House, which... It goes bigger than this just one set. It's just getting people to believe it and understand. Smoke and mirrors, people. Smoke and mirrors. And it makes you wonder, okay, like I said, is the booster real? You know, and this was only revealed a week or so after several sources leaked the pictures and video, and it kind of forced their hand. They weren't going to willingly do this. It was just kind of, they had egg on their face. And they, they had to, they, I mean... Sometimes you have to go along with things just to keep yourself out of trouble. And that that's what one of these instances were. Like, why create this whole elaborate charade in the first place? I mean, that'd be a great question to ask if we could get anyone on stage there that would actually answer a question. Um, you know, and like I say all the time, and, you know, these are words to live by. All the world is a stage and everything happens for a reason. You know, and look at it like this. If they'll do this right in front of us, what do you think they're doing behind closed doors? They did this right in front of you. They sold this lie to you and then came back and told you they lied to you. And people, some people are like, oh, that's okay, you know, blah, blah, blah. But my guess is behind closed doors, you know, they're finding more and more ways to try to run all of our lives, you know. That's kind of like this new era of government where they want to dictate everything you know there's a complete disregard for anybody who has any form of independent critical thinking anymore we don't want you to think for yourself we want you to be subservient we want you to you know do what you're told be a dog you know go to obedience school you know you have school boards that think it's their sole choice as to what your kids need to know and their narrative is filled with the idiocy of things like critical race theory like, imagine thinking it's best to start teaching five-year-old kids that there's this make-believe thing that's inherent in every fabric of this country that keeps people of color down. Little kids. Half of these kids can't tie their shoes or spell their own names, but we want them to grasp systemic racism. I mean, in some aspects, you know, kids do like make-believe. So maybe that's that's the proponent they saw, and they thought, oh, well, you know, kids like made-up things that aren't real. This is a made-up thing that's not real. We could go with this. Um, you know, and then you have the whole gender, sexuality argument. Like, for lack of, 
kids are keen when one of their classmates is off, for lack of a better word. We don't need to fill, fill their heads with this notion that these people are anything special or act like they're fucking unicorns. We don't need to understand everyone and everything. Gary was the kid who ate glue in the back of the corner. I'm sure right now he's at home masturbating to Fred Flintstone cartoons. 40 some odd years later, that's just the way it goes. And there really was a kid in one of my elementary school classes named Gary that ate glue. I remember it. It was paste, maybe. But, you know, and it's... I think it's less about understanding things and more about... Here's how you should see it, and here's how you should feel about it. It's not about drawing your own conclusion. It's we need you to think and feel this way, because this is the way to, to do it. This is what we need you to project. You know, because, let's be real, Democrats hate people thinking for themselves, period. I mean, if more people thought for themselves, there'd be less Democrats, because Democrats don't think, and the things they think they should think about are stupid. It's, I mean, it, there it is. You know, it, it's in their rhetoric. It's in their all their ideas, their arguments. Try just agreeing with a liberal and see all the creative labels they come up with to describe you. They will call you more names than they will present facts. Because they drown themselves in feelings. And, you know, things that aren't real. They don't, they don't think facts are important. It's all about how you feel, you know. They want to tell you what's best for your own health, all the while, you know, living by their completely different set of rules. Biden spoke uh, the other day in the garbage city of Chicago on Thursday, and he literally said the vax was our only chance of getting through this pandemic or pandemic, however you want to see it. Like, like, that's a lie. Literally, there's no fact to that. There's no reason to see that as relevant, logical information that anyone should base their life or health choices on. There are literally no positives to this administration. Like, I'm literally, I'm telling you, all I see is a circus of fucking clowns and idiots. It's embarrassing, and it's scary, like, at the same time. And things are going to get worse before they get better. Go look at gas prices today, and Think about what they were five days ago. Yeah, exactly. You think you've seen, you're just starting to see it. Imagine if liberals, like, as a whole, Democrats, whatever, if they fought as hard for America as they did for illegals and the right to kill the unborn. Like, like let that soak in. Like, if they just channeled the passion for those two things into making our country successful and doing things that benefit Americans like where and, and you'll probably never see any of that happen because I don't know nothing gets a mindless liberal moist quicker than the idea of being able to legally kill a baby don't ask me why I don't know maybe they don't like kids I get it sometimes kids can be a pain you're out eating one's crying you're in the movie theater or whatever you know but you know we're in good hands right Let's go, Brandon. We got the most popular president in history. Him and his 81 million votes have a 38% approval rating. I'm pretty sure Casey Anthony is more popular than Joe Biden. Nobody was chanting fuck Casey Anthony at football stadiums and food courts and fucking 
anywhere and everywhere from Pennsylvania to New Mexico to Alabama to Michigan to that was my most disappointing thing of the going to the Packer game the other night and maybe I just was in the wrong section but I was like man I hope I can film one of those fuck Joe Biden chants that'll be really cool you know unfortunately it didn't happen we still beat the tar of the Steelers hopefully we can beat the Bengals tomorrow I'm going to go out on a whim here and say I bet the Packers lose this game and play like dick there's a ton of injuries on defense. I think that could be part of it. But they did pick up Jalen Smith this weekend, so we'll see if that pans out. But I, I, I don't know. I just don't know how people think we have this hugely popular guy. He even said it in Michigan today. He was talking about how he had all these votes. and but Like, the guy believes his own shit. Like, he's so f far gone that, like, it's astonishing. Like, it's literally astonishing. You know, the other thing the government was battling on all week was about raising the debt ceiling, which is pretty much their way of staying in business. You see, they always, they always overspend. I mean, it must be nice, right? Like, when... <laughs> And then when faced with not being able to raise, you know, the debt ceiling and say that it's going to result in defaulting or not being able to pay out, they say it's going to result in Social Security or paying our military and federal workers. Well, why, why don't we just stop the payments we make to other countries? Like, why don't we stop programs that support the illegals crossing the border or cut every politician politician's salary? And every penny wasted in D.C. Like, pa past politicians and current politicians. Yeah, we're not going to pay you till we figure this out. One, once you're out of that office, you shouldn't see another fucking nickel. Like, and if you leave that office with more money than you came in with, man, your ass needs to be raked over the coals and audited as to where all that fucking money came from. But you'll never see it happen. You just won't. Because it's all a scam. You know, and so I, I think they eventually agreed on this bill, or maybe they didn't, I don't know. But whatever is on the table right now is only going to allow the government to function till 12-3. So they're telling you, you know, they want you to get behind this because, you know, the face of it, when they give you their submit of it, is, oh, we're not going to pay, Granny's not going to get her Social Security check, and we're not paying the... The, the men and women who serve the country because that's who they choose not to pay. It's not because there's not money. It's because if you were like, oh, well, we're not going to have money to give the Haitians. Fucking, I wouldn't care. You know, or all the other bullshit that they waste money on. None of us would care if none of that gets funded. Yeah, we want the military taken care of. Yeah, we want the elderly on Social Security and entitlements taken care of for but that, that they're going to cut that stuff because that'll get you to get behind what they want. It's all about narratives. You know, and it's just like, it's all a sham. And none of it, none, nothing in this country is trending the right way from jobs, gas prices, COVID, anything. I believe they said more people have died in 2021 than they did in 2020, and I believe uh, Joe was saying that it was all Trump's fault that all these people had died. He hadn't done enough. Well, balls in your court, Joe. I mean, I didn't expect you to do anything, so, like, I'm not looking at those numbers going, oh, my God, Joe, you're killing people, because let's be real. I mean, I I'm disappointed he hasn't been one of them, but what I digress.
you know, even things like it's just crisis after crisis that this administration creates or just seems to follow them as they go. Kind of like, you know, when your dog's pooping but moving around the yard so the turds are just dropping everywhere. That's that's like a metaphor for the Biden administration. You know, you have the whole product shortage or production, manufacturing, whatever they want to call it. Um, there isn't a product shortage. There's distribution shortages. And there ha they've been created. There's thousands of freighters off the coast of Long Beach or wherever in California waiting to be brought in and unloaded. However, by slowing down the manner in which these freighters are unloaded, we create shortages. Shortages drive up prices. Everything becomes more valuable. All the while, selling you on this idea of the shortages because... The government knows most of you are too stupid to see it for yourself, and, and it's all manufactured, pun included. So they, they do this, and then, you know, when eventually things get fixed, they look like the good guy. When really, you're taking, it's just like COVID, you're taking the cure from the people who created the disease. That's never, ever a good idea. It's never been a good idea ever in the history of the world, I don't think. All of this just goes right in with the next topic. So, tomorrow, Sunday, which is, oh, hey, it's actually Sunday. Happy birthday to me. It's after midnight now. Um, so, besides being the National Day of Awesomeness, it's also World Mental Health Day. And I feel like mental health is getting more and more focus and attention nowadays. And I feel like it should. Um if we're being honest and real, which is what I try to do. It's something I personally deal with every day of my life, and it extends into my family as well. And managing your mental well-being, it's very important. It's probably maybe even more important now in the climate of the world we live in. Um, it's hard enough as an adult to manage, and I can say that personally. I went nearly... 40 years before dealing with my mental health one because I was afraid of being labeled crazy you know and I was like oh what if I'm just fucking crazy they're gonna tell me I'm crazy you know and two the stigma that comes with mental health you know and I was worried about what if there wasn't anything that could be done you know and in a way I was fortunate all my life for the most part I learned how to manage my anxiety and depression you know, and I can't 100% say that's a 100% positive thing, you know, as it, it did allow me to put off treatment for decades, but, you know, I became a great pretender. You know, I was a chameleon, I guess, for lack of a better word, you know, fake it till you make it, right? I'm, I, I'm the king of that. There's probably no one better. Um, I was also blessed with a stubbornness that would not allow my panic, anxiety attacks to control my life or stop me from achieving things. Although, you know, with the, the wisdom that comes with being older, I think I can look back and see that that same stubbornness also affected several outcomes in my life. Um, and that's okay. You know, I, I still lead, lead a very blessed life. Uh, there's not many things I would change in my life probably weigh less and be able to drink a little more, but, you know, what are you going to do? Um, the biggest, I think the biggest challenge, you know, of 
any of this in dealing with mental help is accepting that it's okay to be struggling in the first place. You know, as men, we're brought up, you know, and I'm not going to, I'm not shitting on, you know, getting on the toxic masculinity thing, because I'm not like that. But we are, you know, hey, you know, tough it out, do that. And I say that to myself, you know, when I have days. But I consider myself a tough love guy. I don't always have time to be upset or deal with my feelings. Um, you know, I think through a process of however, exercises or whatever, I taught myself that my feelings on things, that they weren't valuable and just to suppress them. And I'm really good at it. Not as good as I used to be because I've been trying to be more human. Um, but I, I internalized everything. And it, sometimes I still internalize. It's way less now than it ever was. And the pings, panic and anxiety attacks really haven't been an issue for years. Um, but, you know, somewhere out there, there's a kid who was like me, who's struggling mentally, but maybe doesn't have that stubbornness, you know, or he doesn't have the resource to work things out. And there's way more of these kids, I honestly think, than we all realize. I think the last couple of years has been an eye-opener to what's out there, you know, how the world is different. We can tell ourselves things were, you know, things were different when we were kids. But I'm telling you, the kids today do not have it easy. You know, and they're not, for lack of a better word, they're not tough kids like we were. You know, we were, our environment was different so we were different but you know in some of these kids they may even be sleeping under your own roof trust me and talking with them helps and it's ironic coming from me because i'm not good with the whole vulnerable thing at all I, I don't like to do it um you know i i'm just not my frustrations and my opinions sure i can spout those to you all day i think you guys are 110 percent well aware of that but those times when I feel the world start to get heavy or when my mind is going 900 miles an hour and the world is crawling at about two miles an hour, you know, and I feel myself start to teeter on that, I don't know, for lack of a better word, almost unwell side, you know, I, I want to run and hide. It's like a, a retreat thing. And it's not like physically, like I'm not going to go hide in the basement somewhere under a blanket like we're playing hide and seek. Um, but it's more like mentally or metaphorically, you know, I'll retreat inside my own mind or my feelings and just kind of stay there. Unfortunately, till there's either an outburst or it just passes, you know, like a, like a stomach ache. And I think the way things have been operating the past couple of years in the world is it's, it's, it's been very hard on everyone. Like I said, especially the younger generation, because they're already so fat, fragile, and I feel like we really need to make sure we're looking out for them. That's just my two cents, though. Um, so, I mean, I guess talk to your kids, your nieces, nephews, grandkids, neighbors, kids. Don't just talk to random kids in a park. That's kind of creepy, and you'll probably end up being not allowed within 200 feet of their Chuck E. Cheese. But, yeah, so there's, there's my spiel on that. Um, so in Breaking with the Norm today, we're going to close with our music portion. Um, this week, I chose Evanescence. Bet you forgot about them, huh? 
And I'll admit, I kind of had to until I saw someone cover a song. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, these guys were great. Um, Evanescence, fronted by the powerful voice of Amy Lee. They sold over 25 million albums, which I was like, damn, you know. Because they were kind of coming along when the selling albums wasn't really a thing anymore. And it was downloads. Um, they were formed in Little Rock, Arkansas, which I was like, really? Um, who knew, right? It was, uh, they were formed in 1995, uh, guitarist Ben Moody and vocalist Amy Lee formed the band. They had actually met at a Christian youth camp, and I think spirituality was a huge part of their music. Um, if you listen to the lyrics, you can kind of tell. They burst onto the scene, uh, with the Bring Me to Life song. Uh, I think it was featured in, like, the Daredevil soundtrack as well. Uh, that album would go on to the album that was on would sell like 17 million copies. So that was a bulk of their sales right there. Um, you know, the, the line, the lineup of the band would change throughout the years. I think Ben Moody eventually left the band. Uh, Amy Lee even did a solo project herself. Um, but I always thought they had like this unique sound and, you know, it was, it was kind of like, you had like that whole new metal sound and the piano and the songs were like deep and like rocked at the same time. So it was kind of like there was, there was something deeper there than just music. You know, it wasn't like the simple lyrics of Duran Duran. Um, you know, and Amy Lee has this, this like haunting, soulful, powerful voice that just, like, when you hear it, you stop what you're doing and you listen. You know, I think her voice really shined through on, like, My Immortal, which, that song, that song's amazing. Um, going Under, my personal favorite uh, is Lithium, which actually worked well for this episode, tying in with World Mental Health Day. But, uh, yeah, so check out some Evanescence. Um, I hope everyone has a great rest of their weekend. Um, I plan on having a very great birthday. Uh, I had... I don't know if I, I think I talked about birthday week last year. Um, so like the week leading up to your birthday, you get all these, like you get a daily gift and you know, they're not, the goal is they're not all like, they're like, you know, I don't know, five to $20 gifts. Usually we try to stay below that and it's just something kind of neat. Like, uh, Kylie got me some cool, um, plantar fasciitis socks. Um, uh, I got a cool knife. Um, new uh, bands for my Apple Watch, some uh, compression sleeves for my, I think they might be compression socks and stuff for like hiking and stuff because I have my plantar fasciitis and Achilles issues. Um, I got a cool little mobile microphone to go into my uh, phone so I to do like remote podcast stuff. Um... I know I feel terrible. I'm forgetting stuff. Some really nice socks that are just like sock socks that are really nice. And oh, there's so much more, but I'm, I'm totally dropping the ball. And she's going to be like, great, you didn't like this or you didn't like that. But it's all, it's great. And I'm very fortunate. And she makes the week amazing. And I'm excited to spend tomorrow with her and my daughter. Um, watching the Packers probably disappoint me and take a turd out. I don't know, Tennessee pulled one out today. So if Tennessee wins, <clears throat> anything's possible, right? But uh, that's all I got, everyone. Uh, have a great weekend. Be safe and uh, tune in next week. We'll see you then.